Today's scripture reading is Philippians chapter two, verses one through eleven. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have been in a series called the Servant King, and this is uh, the sixth and final message on this. And um, in, my, in many ways, I've been kind of push all this whole series is geared to to give you this message about this message that i've entitled yours in christ and i'm going to get at this in three parts as i usually do um the first part i'm going to call the sadness of the world of self-interest there's the world is a uh, geared towards self-interest what's in it for me what's in it for a number one and but actually there's a sadness to that and that I'd like to draw your attention to. Part two, completing joy. This passage talks about joy. Complete my joy, Paul says. I'm going to talk about completing joy. In part three, there's a mind, a mind that we can have, which is ours in Christ Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about, the mind of ours in Christ Jesus. Part one, the sadness of the world of self-interest. A few weeks ago, I was reading an article out of The Atlantic. Any, anybody here read The Atlantic? <laughs> um, uh, the Atlantic has, uh, it's, it's, it's well written and there's a lot of interesting articles, but there was a, one article that particularly that uh, stuck in my mind as I was thinking about this week's message. Um, I don't know if you know this, there's, there's all these playgrounds, and you guys, you know, you, you, you guys drive around and there's all these parks around the city. And there's, and there's all these playgrounds for the kids to play in. But this article was saying that um, throughout the country, there's thousands and thousands of playgrounds that have been built in the last, just only in the last 10, 20 years or so. But did you know that a lot of these playgrounds actually are often very empty? <laughs> or very few children play on these playgrounds. And so here are these, these, uh, these playgrounds, and a lot of them look new, and they look fancy, and so forth. But the kids don't find them very interesting, and the kids don't go to them. Um, t- tons of them, tons, lots of money, uh, lots of energy expended to build these playgrounds over the last 20 years. And you know why there, lots of kids don't go to go play in them? Because they're too safe. <laughs> every single, all, all these playgrounds, all, every single one of them, somewhere along the line, the, the townships and municipalities, as they were building them, they realized all it takes is one kid to fall down and get hurt and then what happens? And you guys know what happens. 
some mom, some dad says, you know what? I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to sue the city. And so playground after playground after playground has been made very, very safe. But apparently when every single playground is made really safe, the kids don't think they're very interesting. That's what's happened. And so here's just one example, just just one example among many, just just how people have have this idea. There's something that here's a playground which should be for kids, should be for the enjoyment of the little ones all throughout the neighborhood, and yet all it takes is just one or two, and it's not even. And maybe in in our neighborhood nobody will do this. Nobody's ever gonna. Maybe nobody will sue the city. But all it takes is just there's enough of this idea and there's enough this feeling around that people are out to get something for themselves and it starts to just take away something from the kids throughout the whole nation. That's what's happening. Um, you know, this we live in this litigious society and liability is just everywhere. And, um, and of course, we have tons of lawyers. One of my close friends is a lawyer um, I'm, I'm actually not thinking about uh, the, the brother that many of you all know. I'm thinking about a different friend. And he loves collecting lawyer jokes. <laughs> and um, and you know, the one that he likes to, to start off with is, hey, you, you ever heard this one? What's 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> Anyone know the answer? It's a really great start. <laughs> and uh, why is that? Because... The lawyers are the ones who say, "Hey, we, we we can get we can hire a lawyer. We can get something out of this. If something goes wrong, what's in it for me? Self-interest." And that's just one, maybe one that you don't particularly think about. I mean, it, 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 I'm going to probably look at every every playground now differently. I'm going to look at the playground and say, "Is this playground too safe, too boring that the kids don't like it?" Um, and uh, that's. That's sad. Isn't there something just so sad about that? Um, how about an example that's maybe that will cut home a little, little, bring it a little bit closer to home? At the problem of every bad marriage, and this is what it says right here. It says, Do nothing from rivalry or, or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Self-interest. But at the, in every bad marriage, or hurting marriage, or any time, let's say even if the marriage is normally okay, but it just spirals into a bad place, you know what the problem is? This. The husband or the wife is choosing not to look past their own self-interest and to the interest of their spouse, but instead, my self-interest, hey, you didn't attend to my interests. You didn't think about me. Um, it's actually very fresh in my mind. Um, my wife and I, we had a pretty nasty fight a couple weeks ago. Um, I assure you, it's because, and when it, when it get right down to it, when both of us were very righteously saying, you didn't do this, and then the other one said, you didn't do this, when it, right, when it got right down to it, it was this. Self-interest. My self-interest had to go forward. And, um, and it, I was really quite convicted. Um, how, how about just one more uh, that's very common to almost all of you most of you probably had more than one job in your life right <laughs> uh, you probably had multiple jobs and I'm sure you've all had an experience where you are on a wor- in a workplace and you're a part of a team um, your, your company might employ thousands but in your team there's like only five or ten 
and you know what it's like, and it's not even just everybody, but let's just, just say one person. All it takes is one person who looks at your team is supposed to be the marketing team, or your team is the accounting team, or your team is the team that's supposed to make the hamburgers, okay? But all it takes is one person on your team who says, you know, all, all I really want to do is I'm just going to do the minimum that it takes to keep my job. I'm going to be the one to kiss up to my boss because I, so I can, get the, I can get the promotion so that I can get all the glory. I can get all, all the spotlight upon me. You all know what it's like to just have one person. And um, I, I don't need to be too mean here. Maybe it was you. <laughs> Maybe it was you who was guilty of, of behaving this way at work. And all it takes is one person in your workplace to be like this. And what does it do to the work environment? It just it, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> then all of a sudden, this is why so many of us, I mean, work is not the place we want to go to because all it takes is one person to just drain the joy out of the workplace. And so just, just think about this. Um, I just took three realms that, that you're all familiar with. Playgrounds, marriage, and work. And this, this, is, this is just so normal. Everything that I just said is just so, so normal. And just think of how sad that is. Right? Just how sad that is. That we are a people of self-interest. And yet... Hey, you know, um, on Monday, I just got to just protect myself because I'm not going to be the one to stick myself out there. I'm not going to be the one to think more about somebody else. I, I just, come on, everybody else is just doing this. And that's, that's the world. And yet, and yet so much, this is, I hear this again and again. I especially hear this from people who are, are on the young side. All those who are about, you know, say, mid-30s and younger, and they say, I'm, I'm looking for authenticity. And what do they mean? They want, I want, I want to be, I want to have an experience. I want to meet people who will say, I actually, from my own heart, will care more about others than just about myself. This is a big part of it, that just, we just want to have an experience, some taste, just even a little bit, where people will authentically not only look for themselves self-interest. So this is, this is the world in which we live in. And, and apart from the gospel, I really, I mean, maybe every now and then, for a week or two, you know, we can all just become a little better. But apart from the gospel, I don't really know of any other way to really begin to push back on the sadness of, that this is the norm of our world, right? The sadness of the world in self-interest. Right? Let me go to part two. Um, Paul says something very interesting here in this in this uh, in this verse. Uh, it says he says here in verse two, "Complete my joy, complete my joy by being of a certain kind of mind." I want you all here, you in the church. You all take on the same mind, and the mind I want you to take on is this, is to, is to set aside your self-interest and consider others more significant than yourself. And if you do that, then you will complete my joy. Now look, this is, he's not only talking about something between him and this community, this Philippian church community. He's talking about a drama that's unfurling throughout the whole world all the time. And I don't know if you realize this, 
that if you only look to the world that you're saying, you know, all of us, we all want an extra happiness. I mean, do you want in your life your joy to be complete? Don't you want a completion of joy? Do you generally feel throughout your life, I mean, I do, that your joy is incomplete? There's something missing and lacking in your joy. But if you go throughout your life primarily thinking that you can get happiness and joy on your own, that if I get to watch the TV show I want to watch, if I get to eat the food that I want to watch, if I, if I get to go to the vacation that I want and wear the clothes that I want, if I get to surf the websites that I like, then, then, then I'll get my joy, won't I? <laughs> and, but don't you notice that as we do this, we're all constantly seeking our self-interest and the self-interest is the pathway by which we're trying complete joy. Do you realize that it's actually, it's, it's always incomplete? That somehow, it's somehow missing And one of the things I want to show you from this passage is that you're never going to have your joy complete through self-interest alone. You just can't. It never happened. And this this is a really amazing thing, what he's saying. Paul did not say, I want you to set aside your self-interest and do the thing that will make, you know, do the thing for me. (laughs) Look to my interest. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, consider, don't put aside your self-interest and just look to my, he didn't say that. He said, just look to someone else. There's something about this that if we see and we are a part of a community where more and more people will take on the same mindset and if we watch people take on and set aside their self-interest and even do it for someone else and you just see that and you're a part of that and you, and you know of it, you know what it does? Your joy starts to get fuller. It actually requires someone else, someone else to do, to set aside their self-interest for you. We are deeply in need of the community to fill our hearts. That's really what it takes. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Um, Okay, this is just last night, <laughs> okay? Uh, last night, we were at dinner, and in our, in our house, there's a rule that you don't get to, you know, have, have your, your, your smartphone or your Kindle or a book at the dinner table. But you know what I was doing at the dinner table last night? Last night, I wanted to fight in me. We just, the NFL draft just happened, and I'm sure you know, all of you really care about this, okay? <laughs> but I do, and I wanted to find out what players my team picked in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. And I wanted to tell that to my son and have that conversation with my son. So I had my iPad out, and I'm like looking it up, you know, what, what, were, the, what were the players picked? And... And of course, my youngest, my, you know, she's, she's of course, she's never shy about saying what's on her mind. Um, Elizabeth pipes up and said, hey, dad, <laughs> that's not supposed to be here. And, and, then, and it's the rule that I came up with, and I'm breaking the rule, and right there is I'm a little bored, and I'm really not that interested in whatever the heck, you know, my daughter wants to talk about. And so here I am, here I am. Um, watching, you know, looking up the NFL draft so that I can have a conversation just with my son. 
But in order for the whole family, the community of the family, to have their joy complete, right? we all have to do it. We all have to do it. And if we all say, when we come to the dinner table, we're going to set you know, whatever our agenda and self-interest is and actually say, I want to love my family. <laughs> I want to consider the, the interests of my family. Then there will be a joy that all of us can share in and have complete. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And yet, just so habitually, oh, I'm kind of bored. How, how can I fill my own boredom? Oh, the NFL draft just happened. And, um, and I'm sure you can relate, right? This is how we do it. But this is, this is what Paul says. Paul says, but, and let me just, just stop for a second. Look, just how he starts this passage, it doesn't take much. Right? It just doesn't take much. And, and listen, it says this. If there is any encouragement... Not if he said, if everybody is encouraging. Not if it's all, everything is perfect. If there's any encouragement in Christ. Let me just ask you, just for just like, like a second here. If any of you ever come to this church and had any encouragement in Christ in this community? Has anybody <laughs> had any encouragement in Christ in this community? How about just today? I've received encouragement in Christ today. Um, how about this? He says, if there's any comfort from love, if any of you re- received, a, not a lot, not perfect, just any, any comfort from love. If there's any participation in the Spirit, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit, the, where Christ is proclaimed, the Gospel is proclaimed, the Spirit begins to work in people's hearts to begin to believe it. And then they say, I want to encourage. I want to do acts of servant. I want to contribute. I want to go paint something for for VBS. I want to just hug my brother or sister. And you know what you're doing when you do that? You're participating in the Spirit. The Spirit has a work, and you're participating in it, and you are working along with God, the Holy Spirit, to bring something about. Any of that. And it says... Or if there's any affection or sympathy in Christ. Any. So this is all it takes. If, if there's any, then why don't you put together, be of the same mind, and, and then live this way. Put your self-interest aside and complete my joy. Look, New Hope brothers and sisters, my, my friends, and, and, and I, can, I count you my friends, my dear and better than friends, my brothers and sisters. And, and really, I'm really thankful for you. And I, I don't get a little bit of affection and a little bit of sympathy um, and a little bit of encouragement from you. I get a lot of encouragement from you. I get it from you regularly. And, and I want to just say this, that, that I need you. <laughs> I need you. I... I'm not some super Christian pastor guy. I, I just told you that I blew it last night in a rule that I came up with. So I know this in my head, but unless you will walk with me, unless we walk together and we will put on this mind that, 
this, that there's a happiness in the world that, that can't happen. And let me just think, think about this, okay? It doesn't take actually a lot. Just imagine if there was one playground. If there was one playground in your neighborhood that was just cooler and a little bit more dangerous and a little bit more interesting than all the other playgrounds, and if you saw a lot of kids flock to that playground, wouldn't it make you happy? I mean, you're not up there climbing on whatever, but you're seeing it, and you would not just, just you knowing that, that hundreds of kids in this neighborhood could be blessed by that playground, that the sadness of the world is being pushed back. Um, husbands and wives, you, okay, look, I, I know some of you guys just struggle in your marriage. Some of you guys struggle actually quite badly in your marriage. I'm not asking you to fix it all today, but how about if you just take one, just one place, and you would put on this mind. You would put on this mind, and you know, this is how wild it is. If you would put on this mind that this one place in my life that my, my wife wants from me that I, I regularly don't do. Or this one area that my husband is always asking me that I'm always insisting that i got to get my way. If you just take one and then try to repent, have a piece of repentance here, and then let me encourage you to do this. Ask somebody else to walk with you in it and then tell them what happens. You know what will happen? It isn't just that your spouse will gain a greater joy. You will help complete the joy of other people in this community too just by them sharing in it. That's what will happen. And that's just one, that's one, just one will push back the sadness of the world. You know, and um, there's just so many ways that, that, uh, that, that joy can be made complete. I mean, um, okay, I won't talk about workplace, but okay, this is my workplace. <laughs> the church is my workplace. And one of the things that, that, that kind of drives me a little batty as I walk around here is uh, the, our next-door neighbor... The, the workers who work in that company there, they regularly just leave their trash in their parking lot. <laughs> and then their p- trash kind of flows over into our parking lot. And I, I park over there, and, and it, it's not the most fun thing in the world to do, but one of the things I simply just do is I just pick up three or four or five pieces of trash, and I put it away. It's not in my self-interest. It takes an extra minute or so before I get into my car. And, and it's not the most holy thing in the world. I mean, I'm not changing the whole world. But I'm just, in one sense, pushing back. And when I see it, it's like, hey, it looks better. There's less trash. Right? And if you just, just, just one thing, just push back. And just imagine if everybody did this. If everybody did this, wouldn't it make you, just, there'd be a joy because you see, this is, this is really, if everybody here in this world thinks, okay, here are the things that I want, and if I get these X, Y, Z, A, B, C things, then I'll be happier, right? Wrong. Actually, you will for a short period of time, but your joy will be incomplete. But actually, heaven is the place where there's a king. And that king came to serve us not his own self-interest, but ours. And then, in heaven, everybody will put on the mind and the heart of this king. And just imagine if the, everybody you knew did this. Just everybody. And they did it all the time. 
just what that could be like. And that, that's what this passage is about. This, this is, is a picture that the gospel is not just saying, this world is a terrible place and God is going to forgive your sins, going to take you out of this. That's not what the gospel proclaims. The, the gospel proclaims that he will do that, but he's actually going to do far more than that. To heal the world and to bring a heavenly joy, to complete joy of our hearts in this world, in this time now, to bring a heavenly joy into the broken sadness of the world of self-interest. That's part of what the gospel is proclaiming. Now look, um, you know, uh, you all know this, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm just going to just close this message out. I'm going to just want to leave you with two things, right? Um, I want to just give you one, let me just give you one practical tip, and then I want to give you just something that the gospel is, gives you from this passage, right? Um, let me ask you just this week, sometime this week, and maybe you could do this prayerfully, and, and let me encourage you maybe in your, in your community groups to have this discussion. Really, I, I'm really serious. Right? Take one place, just one, just one place in your life that you would like to sow a piece of repentance. Just a piece of repentance. Putting down your self-interest and considering the interests of others and them more significant than yourself. It could be your wife, it could be at your, your, your dinner table. It could be at your workplace. Some just place in your life. Just one place. Just Let me just ask you, just taste of this and share it with your brothers and sisters because the joy is not just you becoming a better person. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. Is, is we're pushing back against the sadness of the world and it's your brothers and sisters here and just we'll walk with you and they'll ask you two weeks from now, hey, how's that going? What would that happen? And, or three weeks from now or four weeks from now because you, we all, it's like, I, I can guilt you to try this but we all know what this is going to be like probably in about two weeks I'm going to pull out my iPad at the dinner table and Elizabeth will yell at me again. Right? Or if not, that will be about something else. But, but if we can have this in our community, and we'll be of one mind, and we'll start to share in this joy together. Right? Let me just ask you to just try that. Right? And let me close with this. It says here in this passage, verse 5, and I want to leave you with this, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And that's why I entitled this message, Yours in Christ Jesus. This movement is not just discrete acts. I mean, like, you know, I, 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 could, I could have dinner with my kids, and I'm sitting there going, okay, let, let's just get through the dinner, because I, I, I want to get to ESPN. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that, I could do that. And, and then it would just be a piece of legalistic works righteousness that we could practice. But really where it starts is it starts with a whole new mind. It starts a whole new mindset. And what the scriptures offer you and promise you is that this mind is yours. It's actually yours. And it is yours in Christ. For what Jesus offers you is not only to forgive, but to offer you his mind, a new mindset. And it's like a seed that starts and it grows and grows. 
And maybe in one area, some of you maybe, I mean, this is Mother's Day, some of you, maybe, you, maybe some of you moms are really good at setting aside your self-interest for your children, but maybe you're not so good at doing that for a particular brother or sister in the church. Maybe some of you are good at setting yourself aside, your, aside, your self-interest for a certain co-workers that you like, but there's a couple that you think are just jerks. Um, but let ask just to this to begin that there be a seed that can begin that this is yours as a promise of the gospel. Right? It isn't something that you earn. It's given to you because Jesus came to serve us. He came to serve us on the cross and he continues to serve you today giving you his mind so that our joy can be complete. And so... Let me ask you to cling to this verse, chapter 2, verse 5, to have the mind of Christ and so that this new, a a new kind of joy can start coming into our community. And we can have a kind of odd counterculture, the world of self-interest, but in this community, something of heaven, a heavenly joy where we're completing each other's joy can come on as we take on the mind of Christ and chase the servant king, serving as he serves. Okay? Let's pray and go to the Lord's table. Lord, we really need you. And and we need each other. We need your mind because our mind is filled with self-interest. Our mind is filled with so easily boredom. And then we want to fill ourselves. But I pray that that all these sermons that we've been talking about as we look at your word and how you have called us to the cross and if you have called us to a greater life, the life which has made you great, I pray that you would turn us... that we weren't just go, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Ours would become a truly joyful community. And I ask that you would call us to have this same mind and we would spur one another on and we would say gladly, hey, sister, I need you. Brother, I need you. Would you, would you walk with me? Would, would you serve with me? Would you encourage me? And let's spur each other on to live the greatness of the life of Jesus and having his mind together. And so, Lord, as we go to your table now, would you, your, the power of your cross, the life of your mind, come into us as we eat your bread. And would your blood wash away the self-interest and the boredom and the blindness of the way we seek to just fill ourselves. Would you fill us and fill our church and fill one another and use us to encourage each other and fill each other's cups by being of this mind and completing each other's joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.